It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Blah, 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 blah. I hope you're doing all right, no matter where you are, where you're watching, where you're listening. All that happy stuff. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And speaking of St. Simon's, our next Billy C. Boxing event will be taking place on the island of St. Simon's. Uh, we want you to be there. It's going to be not one, not two, but three full days of activities we're going to be holding a golf tournament. We're going to be doing a fishing tournament. We have a meet and greet with uh, former world champions and some other celebrities, as well as crashing uh, sals for dinner uh, several nights. The package includes all access to uh, everything I just said, uh, including uh, accommodations. Now, it's tentatively scheduled for one of two weeks. Uh, it's uh, either the last week in August or the second week the weekend of the Mexican holiday of September. I will get the exact dates ASAP, but in the meantime, keep in mind, this is an invitation. You need a ticket to get to this. It's I'm telling you, it's going to be the best event we've ever done. Uh, so you need to uh, drop me an email if you're interested in being put on the list. The email, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Right now, we have plenty of room, but space is limited. Make the plans. It's, a, it's like a family vacation type thing if you want to do that. Or get a buddy and hang out, and uh, you guys will love it. Uh, we're going to have a fight night. A- everything. Listen, trust me when I tell you, it's well worth it. Drop me an email if you're interested. Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet. It's available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching or listening to the show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. You want a signed copy? No problemo. Just go to the website and click on the book. If you want more than one copy, drop me an email and I'll hook you up. Billy at Talkin' Boxing. T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. I keep saying it because you got to remember there's no G in talking. I get people going, man, I've been emailing you. Man, I, you never read my stuff. Well, guess what? You've been putting the wrong email. So somebody else is getting my emails. But anyway, uh, coming up a little bit later, one of the main topics today uh, Floyd Mayweather has officially announced that he's going to begin training for MMA. 
Uh, I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, also, uh, we got some updates on uh, HBO and the Dillian White-Lucas Brown fight. I got some uh, pretty uh, pretty cool comments from Jeff Horn uh, concerning the uh, uh, cancellation or rescheduling of the uh, Terrence Crawford date. I got an update on my man Vinny Paz, formerly known as Vinny Pazienza. We got a bunch of emails. We got all this stuff going on. Uh, but first... Uh, let me uh, bring on my uh, partner in crime, uh, my man. Uh, uh, well, let, let me give him another minute. Let me give him another minute. He's still got his feet up on the desk. As a matter of fact, I think he's in feety pajamas right now. No, no, no. He's ready. My man, uh, Sal, Rocky, Santa Cola. <laughs> what, what do you think? I was going to ramble on for a while or what? Yeah, I thought you were going to ramble today. In the process... I was giving you a new facelift on my mug. Look at that. That's beautiful. Look at that's a brand new Billy C face mug. But, I just what, drew that. Well, you know, that's I brand, I, look. I I what do you got another one? I got another mug. What'd you do I, with I the got, old one? I got several of these big mugs. But look at the drawing I did on this one. This is great, man. Yeah. Well, hey, uh Sal is now officially in the mug business. So uh hey, you know what a you, mug. If you want to get a mug, just uh, you know, reach yeah. out to Sal, you know. But, I, uh, well, I don't know. Hey, there was a place called, I don't know where it was. I think it was in uh, either Montauk or uh, Cape May, New Jersey, uh, called The Ugly Mug. And uh, it's a nice little pub, nice little place to go get a bite to eat and a burger and a drink and a beer. I I, I didn't want to promote it. Yeah, well, you, you always uh, uh, you always do. Wait, but, uh, but it was fascinating. You know what they would do? They would have... They'd have all their locals with their names on it uh, on a mug, and it would be on a wall. No, and I think cool. when some of the locals passed, uh, they would turn the mug upside down in respect. Oh, well, that's nice. I mean, that's nice respect-wise. It's nice uh, respect-wise, yeah. Um, one of the main topics today, Floyd Mayweather, your favorite. Uh, he's, uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about him a lot of going to MMA and all of this stuff, and I laugh, you know, because... You know, the, the one thing, I mean, forget about Floyd's talent and everything else, but the one thing that I don't think even his best fans can argue, at least for the last decade, Floyd Mayweather has made every single thing when it comes to a fight uh, that he's involved in, everything is in his favor. He gets to pick the location, he gets to pick the opponent, he gets to pick the gloves, he gets to pick the... I think he's even picking officials. I, you know, he gets special treatment, et cetera, et cetera. And that was the case when he fought uh, UFC uh, star uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, it's one called of my, a competitive one, edge. One of my big, you know, yeah, it's a little, it's a little further, it's a little <laughs> further than that. But, but one of my big hangups with the fight against Conor McGregor was that it actually was approved by that gutless, spineless piece of garbage out of Nevada State Athletic Commission, Bob Bennett, as a professional boxing. Fight. And therefore, it went on Floyd's uh, official boxing record. So he, at the end of the night, he obtained his 50th win against a pro debut fighter uh, in Conor McGregor. Well, since then, uh, Floyd Mayweather and, uh, and Conor McGregor both see that there's potential uh, lots and lots of money to be made if Floyd would do the same and cross over to MMA. I thought it was BS because the truth of the matter is, is Floyd, he listen, he doesn't engage in boxing. MMA is more of an engaging type of a sport. Uh, so therefore, he would have to engage something that 
um, he doesn't like to do. Uh, you know, I mean, he's 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 a pansy ass. You know, he doesn't want to engage. He wants to run. Not to mention, he's forty years old, over forty years old. Um, but it was What's announced. But it was announced yesterday that Floyd Mayweather has confirmed that he will begin uh, training for MMA. He's already been training, but he's now going to be training with uh, a former uh, a UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley, and um, you know I, I, he's he would be considered uh, you know obviously a novice at first. But here's the thing. Um, he said that he's planning on it's going to take him six months to prepare for an MMA bout. But he most likely won't be facing Conor McGregor because he feels he won't be ready for Conor McGregor in his first <laughs> one. I mean, come on. Why can't this guy even try to be even playing field when he goes on somebody else's turf. Now, he needs preparation. This is my whole point about this guy. I mean, yes, I actually give him a hell of a lot of credit for even trying this out, but the truth of the matter is, is Conor McGregor made his pro debut against Floyd Mayweather. Why can't Floyd Mayweather make his pro debut in MMA against Conor McGregor? Well, it's a good point. I mean, I I do respect him for even trying MMA. And uh, whether it's just uh, some promotion or rhetoric right now, we'll see if it comes to fruition, if he actually does step in the arena. And against who? But, uh, you know, I, I think what you're suggesting makes a lot of sense, calling it an even playing field. Conor McGregor had no right being in the same ring with uh, the stellar Floyd Mayweather at the, making his professional boxing debut. That, that that should never have even been allowed or even considered, henceforth, uh, your your buddy Bennett in uh, in Nevada. But the bottom line is for uh, Floyd to suggest that he's going to cross over into the MMA arena, and uh, yet he's not ready for Conor McGregor. Yeah, it does seem a little bit, uh, you know, well, we don't have to call it you know, what it is. It is. You know, I just find it uh, kind of uh, comical that a, a guy like Floyd Mayweather uh, and, you know, how he's been constantly fleecing his best fans. I mean, that's the joke of it all. He fleeces his own most loyal fans, and once again, he's doing it. Now, here's the thing. Everybody wonders why, because let's face it, Floyd doesn't have anything to prove anywhere. No, he I mean, doesn't. If, he, I'm Floyd, if I'm Floyd Mayweather, Sal, with the money that he should have, all right, now, I, I know he hasn't paid his taxes for the McGregor fight yet, and he's probably going to, it's going to be a vicious cycle how he, you know, owes uh, tons and tons of tax money, and, you know, every so often he's going to have to fight to raise the money. I mean, I, I still don't think he's the sharpest tool in the shed. I really don't. I don't give him all the credit for his uh, money maneuvering. I, 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 I have to believe there's somebody with a little bit of brains uh, behind him that uh, he actually listens to. But with all that said, uh, he claims that he could make uh, $1 billion from a UFC deal. Now, whether that means that he's got several fights that he has to do to make that billion or whatever, um, you could pretty much see why the guy is doing it. I mean, Floyd's all about the money. He didn't change his nickname from Pretty Boy Floyd to Money Mayweather for nothing. And uh, I think that it's time to put that in perspective. He's more of an entertainer in terms of WWE entertainment versus a boxer. I, I just It just it curdles my stomach 
to talk about him when we were talking about all the all-time greats uh, as much as we do on this show. Like yesterday when we talked about um, Archie Moore. You know, how can you compare uh, the accomplishments of Mayweather to a guy like Archie Moore? You you just can't. Well, it, it's it's really a different era, and it's different shock appeal, and, and different, you know, our ancient, ancient Archie Moore, who fought up into uh, the later years. I mean, this guy was a warrior. I mean, ha- over 150 fights. I mean, uh, the guy, the, the, back then, and they would fight anybody at any time and any place. It didn't matter. They were there for the prize because it was called prize fighting. They supported their families with these purses. They had the greatness of, of the world title that they can own. And, and they were the only one recognized as that world champion. Henceforth, what do we got? Five, ten champions per weight class today. Um, so, you know, it was a big, big deal. And these guys put it out there every time they stepped in the ring. And they stepped in the ring, not not once a year, not twice a year. They stepped in the ring if, if, if almost monthly and uh, sometimes even more or less. But the bottom line is, yeah, that was the era of boxing that, you know, signifies where we are in, in the reputation and credibility and everything else that, that followed afterwards. Uh, it should pay tribute to those generations beforehand because that's what's kept this sport great. That's what's kept this sport with the integrity and the fan base, and it's continuing, and it should continue. I I, I promote uh, or I agree that Floyd Mayweather is is a marketing genius, and he's a talented fighter, and he's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, as we suggest. But, you know, to do things on, on this level, like I said, he's a marketing genius, and this is why he is making money. This is what he's doing to make money, and that's why his nickname is Money Mayweather. Exactly. And, you know, if anybody... It's uh, all about it. Well, if anybody has any doubts about that, all they got to do is, is look at this. But, uh, hey, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, the one thing I, I will say... I wish him luck, because I'll tell you what, Bill, I give him a lot of credit. At 40-something years of age, going into the MMA arena, even if he's going to go against, uh, as we suggest, a, a, an average opponent, it's still, you know, it's, it's crossing over. It's doing what he's doing. You know, I, I give him a lot of credit. I, you know, I, you, you just, believe it or not, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I, I actually, I too am giving him credit because, you know, for, for 20 some odd years, uh, this is a man who made a career out of avoiding um, engaging with his opponent. I, I mean, I call him a runner um, and his fights, I, I can't remember one that was exciting, um, maybe... Uh, uh, maybe the uh, uh, Corrales fight. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't remember one. Well, I can't think of any. I, I, when I close my eyes and think of Floyd Mayweather, I can't think of any entertaining fights. There's so many other fighters uh, that uh, that I, I can just, you know, somebody throw a name. I do this all the time. You throw a name out. You close your eyes, have somebody throw a name out there, and all of a sudden these images of these great matches come to your mind. And yet with Floyd, only other things come to mind. But with all that said, I do. I too give him a lot of credit, and I honestly do for uh, for for moving over to the MMA because it, it, it's unlike anything he's done for twenty some odd years. He is going to have to engage, and it's going to be interesting to see. Now, I just hope that he and, and listen. The one thing about Floyd Mayweather is Floyd Mayweather prepares himself as yes, he best does. as best he can for anything he does. 
So with that said, I'm sure that a lot of the next six months of his, you know, uh, learning and, and being taught MMA or whatever the case is, and for, for all, hey, listen, you know, knowing Floyd Mayweather, this is a guy that's been working in MMA for a long time already, getting ready. I mean, uh, now he's just publicizing that he's going to do it, so people are going to think that he's only got six months under his belt. He's probably been doing it for the last year. But nonetheless, uh, you know, for a guy that's going to have to work on his uh, on his ground game as well as his foot game, you know, kicks and stuff, uh, he's going to have to improve there. He can't possibly be thinking in his pea brain that he is going to uh, be successful with just the hand game, you know, uh, throwing punches, I, you know. Um, so so I, I'm assuming he's going to do it and do it as best he can, So, Yes, I, I agree. And, and you know, when you look at the arena of, of the actual sport and, and how the fights take place, I mean, look at it this way. 90% of those fights end with one guy counted out or something like that. Is that is that fair to say? I'm not even sure. What's but, the I question? Mean, I'm sorry? What's the question? I said, isn't it uh, roughly maybe 75 to 90% of these fighters get counted out or... or uh, oh, ta- you're, talking about ta- you're talking about tapping out? Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think, you know, to even face the fire where there's going to be a clear winner... And, and one that taps out or is knocked out or is counted out or is unable to continue, I mean, I give him a lot of credit on that. In fact, I'm going to say this. We don't have any dates. We don't have anything that's set, and we don't have anything signed, and it's not delivered yet. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll be surprised, you know, to see when this first fight may be coming about. I really would. And, uh, you know, we'll see if it comes to fruition. But I, I do give him a lot of credit right now. Yeah, we got we got a guy. See, since we have that super chat, I'm not going to give him that much of a shout out. But uh, uh, we got a guy <laughs> in one of the chat rooms. I'm not going to say. I just hinted where, um, who says Mayweather will knock anybody out in in UFC. That's so funny, Sal. The guy can't even knock anybody out in boxing, and he's going to go knock people out in UFC. Yeah, but you know what? I'll tell you what, Bill. You know, here's the whole thing. You know. I- my 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 uh, you know our, our our good friend John Mosley Yunus he always said Sal you would have been stellar at at uh, at, at the uh, uh, this uh, the sport because of my wrestling background and my jujitsu and other things that 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 I incorporated and uh, you know the ground game is going to be something that I'm sure Floyd is going to have to work on because when you're on the mat and you're looking for the positions. To uh, to have uh, your your arms free to, to strike, yet you're also controlling where you are. I mean, it is. It's a lot of wrestling. It's a lot of jujitsu. It's a lot of things that you incorporate, and these are new skills. I think to Floyd, you know, he's he is an athlete. Let's let's give him that that benefit of doubt. He, the guy is an athletic guy, and and I'm sure he's got great coordination and other skills. Uh, that'll give him the foundation that he needs to to learn these things, and you know I I'm I'm excited to see that. I mean I I, I like to see this take place. Well, we'll see. I'm not so sure I want to see it, but I think we we may. And I I, so I tell you this right now, I will not pay a nickel for Mayweather in UFC. Will not pay a nickel for it. So if anybody, but do you think- know how smart this is? Listen to what you just said. You are not going to pay a nickel. And do you know the fan base, the fan base of the uh, F, uh, whatever UFC right now? Yeah, UFC. Do you know the fan base that, that are going to come in 
horse to see this fight. Oh, yeah. Floyd. Of course. Because, I mean, that that's what's so unique. And Floyd does have his boxing fans, and they're going to follow him to the end of the earth. Well, then so, he's got he's got he's got people like me who's who may be, you know may I may be going against my own rule and buy it just in hopes that he gets his leg broken or something. Well, you know I mean? hey, and that was a, that was the thing that you know whether you loved Muhammad Ali, which I did, or you disliked Muhammad Ali, you had to see him fight because you wanted to either see him get humbled and knocked out, or you wanted to see his stellar performance and the athlete athlete that he was. And perform at his top level, so you know it's it's it is, and that's what I'm saying. Floyd Mayweather is a marketing genius. It's it, it's unique. He's going to get all the UFC fans, and he's going to get his fans. This could be this could be a big big thing. And I you know I, I don't I, know. Listen, listen. I give him credit. He's going to do the best he can. Um, uh, because that's the way Floyd is, and uh, it is what it is. Listen, we're going to take but, a short but, uh, break. One thing is, though, I would give him more credit if he faced Conor McGregor his first time. Of course, fight. That's but he won't, he won't do that because he's, you know, he, he, he won't have the edge then. He's going to face Conor maybe and eventually, but hey, we got to take a break. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? Back, you're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. Who's us? Well, I'm sitting here right now with my man uh, Sal Rocky Senicola, and uh, we just uh, gave you our thoughts on some news that popped out about Floyd Mayweather uh, making the uh, officially making a jump over to uh, uh, MMA and UFC in about six months. But he has said that he will not. Uh, make his debut against Conor McGregor, which uh, is unlike what he forced Conor McGregor to do. But anyway, moving on, because uh, you guys know how much I, uh, you know, love the guy. But uh, uh, a friend of ours, which uh, I know you're close with, and uh, I'm uh, maybe not as close as you are, but I've uh, talked to him many, many times. He's been on the show many times. And uh, I love his style, always have. Uh, in and out of the ring, to be honest with you. Vinny Pazienza, more commonly known now as Vinny Paz, um, was, uh, well, if you recall, uh, a couple of months ago, he was uh, charged uh, with an assault, a felony assault, back in January uh, when he allegedly uh, uh, bit a guy and then knocked his teeth out uh, after he uh, accused this particular guy of stealing 16 grand from him. Uh, Vinny Pazienza has said uh, that he, you know, it wasn't true that he was innocent, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And uh, uh, he said that he was indeed the the victim. Um, Not sure whatever happened with that. uh, But uh, in a more recent uh, police issue yesterday in Rhode Island, Vinny Pazienza pleaded uh, no contest uh, to uh, an assault charge in which uh, he assaulted his girlfriend. Uh, apparently, uh, uh, police were called uh, to their home uh, at 3 a.m. Uh, several weeks ago, and uh, uh, they found uh, uh, 
his girlfriend barricaded in a bathroom. Uh, when they uh, took her out, she had been assaulted, injuries to her face, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, she ended up uh, uh, being put on a stretcher in, in an ambulance to the police for wow. treatment. Um, you know, they also thought that alcohol was a major contributor to it. Um, you know, uh, Vinnie Paz uh, pleaded no contest, but after that, he walked away, said nothing happened. I'm innocent, and uh, that was that. Um, I hope uh, Vinny uh, uh, straightens his act out because the last thing a guy wants, especially at our age now, and Vinny's the same age as us, Sal, um, that uh, you know, he doesn't want to be bothering with the cops and, and this kind of stuff. If alcohol is the root of it, well, maybe he should stop alcohol. I, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I'd like to get the facts before I really uh, expand on this, but, uh, you know, to see what what, uh, what it is. Because, you know, Vinny, Vinny I, 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 I talk to him every once in a while, and I'd like to invite him down here for some of our events. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it in the past, and we, we'd probably have a, great time but you know i uh i know how we feel about uh you know guys that that uh have to uh, get out of hand with women it's not really a good thing so right I, well uh, i don't like it but uh, we'll see what happens i i hope everything comes out that it was just a an event or not an event to something that happened in a drunken stupor and, uh, and that nobody was injured nobody was hurt well if, if, it, if it was an isolated incident if this was the yeah. first one you know you you could say you know hey it happened you know uh, you know what happens but it's the second one this year and not only that um it's happened in the past so um He's a wild man. Vinny Paz, Paz is a wild man, especially when he has a few drinks. And uh, some things will never change. I mean, he's, you know, his personality is actually pretty parallel to his style in the ring, don't you think? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, Vinny and I, we, we came up together in the pro ranks, and we, we would roommate together at the training camps. And, I mean, he, he was the one, you know, he would always push the envelope. And, and and I would go as f- so far, but you know the little little voice inside my head said, "Sal, that's something you really shouldn't do." But he he didn't have that. He you know there were no, you know he he would take the whole leg. I mean, he would do so many wild things. I mean, we were we were running. I told you this story one time. We were running on a golf course, the Americana Great Gorge Great Gorge Resort, doing our morning war- road work, and we would spar hundreds of rounds together during a tr- session of a camp and. And this is when Lou Duva had uh, all of us up there. Roberto Duran was there. Um, we'd spar with Duran, with uh, um, Vander Holyfield. It was a great training center, great. So Vinny and I are out running the golf course one morning, and we come across a <laughs> bunch of geese. And, and you know, like Rocky Balboa chasing a chicken. We decide to try and chase, chase, chase these geese. And both, <laughs> Vinny tackles one, picks him up by his feet, we bring it back to our hotel room, and we try to put him in a box, and, and, and the thing gets out. He's flying all over the room. We're, we're, we're having to do whatever we could to get him outside, and uh, it was it was crazy. But, I mean, those are the antics. Those are things, yeah, we we're, were like a bunch of uh, teenage kids at that time. But, but um, yeah, he, he, he's got the personality that will push the envelope, and that's 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 – you know, that's just a, a lot of what, you know, you, you just, as a young adult, you sometimes outgrow and, and you learn. But, uh, 
you know, alcohol does come into play and, and, and does a lot of things that alter your your uh, your judgment and uh, your actions. And maybe this is the case that would happen in this incident. Hey, that's one thing Floyd Mayweather never does. You know, I, no, Flo, Flo, no. no, 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 wait, time out. He gets in trouble for beating up women because, you know, that's that's about the only, th- you know, type of people he can knock out. But but he does stay in shape and he never I've never heard of him getting drunk or, or high on drugs or anything. So, I mean, from that yeah. respect, that's why he that's why he's still even in the discussion. If you think about it, I mean, uh, well, you know, it's because he takes care of himself, you know, but uh, but in any event, um some other news I wanted to talk about. I I, I picked up uh, some funny stuff actually about the uh, Crawford uh, Jeff Horn thing. Um, first and foremost, uh, uh, Jeff Horn obviously is 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 as they would say in England, gutted. Even though he's from uh, the land down under, that the fight has been uh, rescheduled. Uh, they're possibly looking as soon as May nineteenth. But uh, but Crawford, I mean uh, Horn says, hey. Crawford supporters said he's so good that he can beat me with one hand. Why doesn't he give it a try? And, you know, because he wants to. And, and, and I love that. I think that that's so good, you know, because when you hear all the BS all the time, ah, I can I kick his butt. I don't have to fight him. You know, uh, Jeff Horn likes to, you know, made a play on exactly what, what they're talking about. And I love it. I, so I don't know if that's really Jeff Horn wow. or if it's uh, someone else doing the writing for him. But either way, uh, I love it. What do you think? I, I think it's a great statement. <laughs> I think it's a great statement. There's also somebody I, else I know who fought with one hand, but uh, uh, we won't go into that. The bottom line is um, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing this fight. And, you know, when, when Jeff Horn defeated Manny Pacquiao, I said at that time that Jeff Horn is not a world beater, but, but he brought something to that table that night, and he – brought the fight to Manny and he had the power I thought to really land some some of the telling blows that uh, that helped win him that fight and I don't know if this is a great fight for Terrence Crawford because of Jeff Horn's style and uh, because of also moving up to a legitimate welterweight division and Jeff Horn is not a small welterweight either no and his style um, Could, you know his, yeah, his style his right I mean uh, right but out. but hey listen Crawford Crawford is a, he's got the defense and he's engaging. He'll engage with you. Crawford's a real deal. I love watching Terrence Crawford I love, fight. I he's love exciting. Crawford. He he is a real deal. What you just said, bingo. Well, he's exciting, Sal, don't you think? Yeah. I think he's exciting. I think he stays in the pockets. He knows how to slip the punch. He knows how to stay in position to deliver a punch. And, you know, when you see a fighter engage like that, that's something. Now, he didn't, you know. He, he's he's won his uh, bouts a lot of times with the accumulation of the blows that he would deliver because he he's that precise in his punching and the way he delivers them. Uh, he does not have that one punch knockout power that he certainly thinks he's going to carry up to the welterweight division. And you know, uh, I I think you know it's not an easy fight for Jeff Horn to. Uh, I mean, for for uh, for uh, Crawford to to step into the welterweight ring with a Jeff Horn. It's not going to be an easy fight for him. Well, not for the first one at that weight class, that's for no. sure. No, that's what I'm saying. I think Jeff Horn is more than a formidable foe and maybe more than what uh, Crawford could bite off. It's going to be an interesting fight. Uh, another thing on the uh, Jeff Horn, uh, or I should say Terrence Crawford-Jeff Horn fight, um, 
Now, we knew that we were going to get to watch it. A lot of people weren't sure if it was going to be on pay-per-view or whatever. Remember yesterday we were talking about ESPN adding um, a, uh, a new channel that's uh, going to be uh, kicking off, uh, I believe, uh, in a couple of weeks. And that uh, Top Rank signed a deal where they added 12 more uh, major boxing events um, to, uh, to that lineup. And it's called ESPN+. Plus. And I guess it's it, you know it's a streaming package, and it, you know you have to pay an extra you know four ninety nine a month to have it. Um, but uh, as of now, it's not really av- av- um, available or it's not included uh, for free in any current cable or satellite package. At least that's what's being reported. So it's it's still kind of up in the air. They haven't really defined whether the Crawford Horn fight will take place. Only on the new ESPN network, ESPN Plus, or uh, if it's going to be, uh, you know, in addition to. So uh, I guess we're going to have to wait to see about that. But that would kind of suck. I, listen, I'm all for streaming, uh, but yeah. uh, but but it's not 100% foolproof yet. A lot of things depend on the quality, like your own Internet <laughs> service. But, uh, hey, Sal, hold, hold that thought. We're going to take a short break when we come back. Uh, Sal will comment on that, and uh, I got a bunch of other stuff, including an update on HBO. Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Uh, We got uh, uh, some stuff to talk about, uh, including an update on HBO, Sal. Uh, HBO. Now, we were talking about HBO. They're clearly losing the battle with uh, with Showtime. I mean, it was apparent last year, and they picked up right where they left off this year in the cellar. I'm talking about HBO. And meanwhile, uh, Showtime is uh, uh, trying to put together the much better fights. Well, HBO, there was a lot of rumor that they were going to really actively go after Anthony Joshua and signed a multi-fight deal with him. There's some stipulations in there. I guess Anthony Joshua's deal with Eddie Hearn is coming to an end, and and that might have to be renewed first. And Eddie Hearn had said Showtime uh, supported AJ when no one else would, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, But I had a strong belief that HBO would be a player in the AJ sweepstakes. Well, I think they may have taken a move to that end, Sal, because made a move to that end because it was announced yesterday that HBO has picked up the television and broadcast rights for uh, the fight between uh, Dillian White and Lucas Brown, which is taking place next weekend. Uh, It's going to be live at 6 p.m. Eastern time and then replayed again that night at 10 p.m. 
this is a pretty good matchup between these two guys. Uh, HBO uh, is picking White because he's uh, uh, a uh, uh, an Eddie Hearn guy. Maybe maybe they're trying to 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 pave the way for a deal with uh, Anthony Joshua. What's your thoughts? Yeah, that's possible. I think uh, I think that would also be uh, <clears throat> something that. You know they're going to be bidding for with an Anthony Joshua in the future. They always have, and uh, I think uh, lure him in or, or try to keep a contender that uh, may be one of the opponents of Anthony Joshua. I think that's uh, that's a pretty smart way to go. Uh, now speaking of uh, Dillian White and Lucas Brown, uh, I like the matchup. I mean, Lucas Brown, former former WBA regular world heavyweight champion. I, I love that. Um, you know, he did he beat too. Ruslan Chigaev. And, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, years ago, maybe 10 years ago, Ruslan Shigaev, uh might have been the best heavyweight out there. But uh, by the time Lucas Brown beat him in 2016, he, he was uh, a shell of himself and had been uh, the, the, the uh, beneficiary for some uh, shenanigans in Russia. Uh, but uh, he did get a win over him. He beat uh, Andrei uh, Rudenko uh, in a fight. Um, you know, Richard Towers uh, was uh, an up-and-coming guy that he beat. You know, so, I mean, uh, you know, James Tony under his belt as a win. Uh, Travis Walker, which, uh, you know. So, I mean, Lucas Brown has beaten some some guys. Now, Dillian White, uh, and by the way, Lucas Brown as a heavyweight is ranked at number 15 in the world by the computer. He's 6'5". Dillian White, 6'4", um, ranked at number 9. The funny thing about him is the biggest name on his resume if you don't look at, um, you know, some of the up-and-coming guys like David Allen and Ian Lewis and, uh, you know, the biggest name on his on his resume, aside from his loss against AJ, uh, was Derek Chisora. I mean, you give him credit for beating Brian Minto, who was a, a, just a tough guy, and Robert Helenas is nothing like he used to be. So I think it's a pretty evenly matched fight. So I'm looking forward to this one uh, next week, Sal. What do you think? Oh, gosh, I have. Me too. I think it... You know, like I said, I think we we have continued in 2018, right? We're 2017 left off. We're going to have some great fights, and uh, you know, I think uh, the forum that they're going to be in, and uh, everything else, and the promotion and enthusiasm, is going to uh, signify another stellar year in 2018 of boxing. Um, we got some emails. Let's get them out of the way, and then we'll uh, break down the uh, the big fights for this weekend. Um, Jesse says. Uh, Hey, Billy C., I got Ramirez uh, winning a split decision over Amir Aman in a hard-fought fight. Alexander Godzik uh, in a late stoppage over Midi Amir. And I got Sammy Valentin over Roberto Arizara. Uh, what's your thoughts on that bout? You know, Sammy Valentin I have a personal connection to. I love his uh, mother this and the father. Guy we met with yeah, the guard, and, right? and, and Sammy's such a great kid. He made a big mistake. Uh, with the route that he took, um, but I'm glad to see he's back up on his horse. I, I really didn't evaluate this fight. I, you know, I'm always so biased towards Sammy. So, uh, you know, I, my thoughts is that it's an important fight for both of these uh, young fighters. So, uh, Arizzi is a, a good fighter too. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, he says Jim, uh, Jamal James is scheduled to fight Abel Ramos. Uh, is that a stay busy fight? Um, by definition, but, you know, you never know. You can, as a fighter, you can never take an opponent lightly, uh, especially when it, it's defined as a so-called stay-busy fight. But for that opponent, it, it's in his mind, it's a title fight. So you're always going to see the best guy. Stay-busy fights are the most dangerous. I'll never forget watching 
It's funny, I forgot the guy's name. But I'll never forget watching. He was a top he was a top ten guy. It was on ESPN and he was just battering his opponent. And uh, he goes back to the corner and they had it on ESPN. This was maybe two or three years ago. And uh he says, uh uh this this is easy and the 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 corner actually said, Listen, don't knock him out yet. You know, we need to get some rounds in. You know, uh, let's work on this. Let's work on that. Now, now this is the main event of an ESPN card with, uh, you know, a, a win mistake. has implications to moving on. And next thing you know, the guy gets stopped. He gets knocked out. And and he just vanished from, from contendership. You never take a fight lightly. No. You know, there's no reason. You know, if a, if a, if a corner is telling their guy, Hey, you know, toy with them. Let's just get in a few rounds. That's the worst advice I would ever want to hear from a corner man. Because you know what? Getting work, getting rounds, that's what you're doing in sparring. When the bell rings for a real fight, get it over with. Don't mess around. You never know what's going to happen. Right, Sal? You're absolutely right. And I remember, you know, there was a fight that, uh, you know, I, I, I had with uh, Richie Giacchetti. He was in my corner and there was a, against a, a, a contender from the Carolinas or so. And, you know, I, I, I had a good opening round, and, and Richie, you know, said, Sal, don't take any chances. Just get this guy out of here right now if you can. And that's it. And I went out the next round and knocked him out. Just because, just like you said, you can never leave that void open. Uh, you've got to be able to, to slam the door at any time that you have the opportunity to do so. Because you never know. What's in, like I said, a, any, any given night, a fighter can have a rough night or have their stellar fight of their life. And, and, you you don't want to take the chances if you you are in contention for a championship or anything else. You just don't want to take those chances. You want to make sure you're out there to seek and destroy and do what you got to do to win at all costs. He says, Billy, I saw some of uh, Ramirez in your press conference, and Don King can still talk some trash for a guy his age. But then again, so does Bob Arum, which uh, you know. Listen, whether you like Bob Arum or Don King or not. You got to give them both credit. These guys have been not just involved in the sport of boxing, but at the top of the sport of the boxing top. for uh, a half a century almost. You know, so it's uh, it's 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 not common. Trust me. He says Jesse Magladano against Dog Boo uh, is a tough call, uh, and it's a tough fight for both those guys. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm not breaking that down. I I. I you know, when I would, I did my show in Vegas for a week one time. Thanks for the email, Jess. I did my show in Vegas for a week one time uh, at Mandalay Bay, and uh, we had a great time. And I got a chance to meet the Magladeno brothers, and uh, Jesse was uh, such an impressive kid at the time. And uh, I, I wish him all the best. Again, you know, some of these guys that I, I, I really know personally, it's hard to root against them. You know, uh, uh, so uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, my man Joel says, uh, Thursday night, yesterday, uh, Facebook streamed a uh, GYM group, uh, Yvonne Michel, uh, their casino series from Cas uh, Casino Montreal. This is about the fourth time they use Facebook platform to air their smaller events. It's live. It's free. Or something I can always tune into and watch. I remember you always saying that streaming online was the way to go for either the right price or for free. And in a majority of these cases, a lot of these cards are streamed for free. I've noticed several promotions in MMA and boxing using Facebook and YouTube platforms uh, nowadays to show their events live, usually for free. I'm happy to see this, as I am uh, sure you are. I love 
uh, Fight TV as well because uh, they charge for their events. The prices are reasonable, and they are the events that they charge are also very intriguing. Do you think other promoters or maybe international promoters will use these platforms to show their events to the American audience who may have interest in seeing a card and have no other way of seeing it ex unless it's on Facebook or YouTube? Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on the future? Um, listen, I said this 10 years ago. Um, the truth of the matter is, is you see, boxing is filled with greed. And the people in, involved in it, most of them are greedy. So when streaming became an option, there were some websites that decided to bring all these club show level fights to you, but they wanted to charge you. It did not work. We knew it wasn't going to work because it wasn't the amount of money that people were paying for pay-per-views. It was the fact that they had to pay for them. The best way to go and to reach the, the audiences, the size of audience that the potential you can reach with streaming, the way to go is, is free. You make it for free. Then you make your money selling advertising once you create a, a uh, track record of how many views, how many countries you're being seen in, et cetera, et cetera. Now you can go and sell advertising. It's what we used to call network television. I said this, I used those exact words years ago. Streaming today is basically what network television was in uh, 20, 30 years ago. Everybody else now has, you know, a, a, a plethora of channels available to them, et cetera, et cetera. We should save the big fights for the premium cable networks or now even ESPN in their new model and, uh, you know, regular free TV for the, for the uh, you know, not so great TVs, uh, matchups. And then all the club shows should be free on streaming. That, that's my thoughts, Sal. Well, I think it's a, it's, it's a nice uh, formula, and uh, I think it'll bring more uh, world-class boxing into the living rooms. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 people go through the path of least, uh, least obstruction. And, you know, what? if you can turn on your TV without having to search and do this, do that, purchase that, this, everything else, you're going to have it at your disposal and easily at hand. And, you know, you're going to pick up more of a fan base. Uh, we got another email. This one's from uh, my man uh, Johnston. He says, uh, hey, good morning, guys. British heavyweight uh, Joe Juggernaut Joyce is 2-0 with two knockouts. He's back in action against Donnie Palmer uh, on Saturday on terrestrial television. The Olympic gold medal, uh, silver medalist is returning uh, to the mecca of British boxing, your call. It's my dream to, to do a show there. Um, from his first-round knockout over Rudik uh, Jazik last month, the 32-year-old is currently ranked at number 12 in the UK and 158 in the world, considering he's only had two professional fights. Uh, he's uh, mustered up nine rounds of boxing, and his opponent's combined record is 16-4-1. Heavyweights today are huge, but there are not many fighters that will tower over Joyce, who stands six foot six. But this Saturday, he gives away four-inch advantage against an American opponent who stands six foot ten. With only 11 fights to his name in six years, Palmer has boxed 33 rounds and is in ranked 247 in the world. To be perfectly honest, this is nothing more than a stay-active fight for Joyce, who should win comfortably before moving on to bigger challenges in May, possibly against Derek Chisora uh, on the Hey Bellu 2 undercard. Uh, you could check out. Well, he says, uh, just curious. I want to. I know it's early days, but how far do you see Joy Joyce go? Uh, does the well-decorated -decor amateur have a real realistic chance of becoming a world champion in today's world? Yeah, uh, you could check out the whole article that Johnston wrote. He put it up on uh, BillyCBoxing.com, so check it out. Another email from uh, Jonathan Daly. 
Uh, my man uh, from the UK, he's on how easy it is for you to access this, but here's an interview with AJ where he re uh, reiterates exactly what Sal said a couple of days ago. Uh, when he goes into fights, he gives it his all. He's not afraid to lose, which prevents him from underperforming. It's funny. Um, he sent me a link to this video, and so did my man Willie, too. Willie caught it, too. Um, it's a great video. Uh, AJ Sal does an impression of Deontay Wilder doing Bomb Squad and, and calling himself out and all this stuff. It's funny as hell. It's a great, uh, it's a great uh, video. Uh, but, you know, there's some serious points about it, too. And, and you're going to love this. The guy doing the interview asked him, he says, what's the most important piece of equipment that you need for boxing? He says, what's the one thing that you can't do without? in the sport of boxing what 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 is it what's your most important thing in the sport of boxing what do you think anthony joshua said uh probably his in ring generalship his intelligence and his his uh his mind and his heart let's see is it his ring generalship is it his intelligence is it his mind and his heart sal just said nine thousand things is that correct no they're all and one the same. wrong you know what he said sal he said the most important thing he needs is a trainer. How many? I mean, talk about a guy who's grounded. I think that that's a great wow. statement for a guy who's. Statement. I mean, for a guy who's accomplished like him. A lot of fighters, when they get to a level, especially when they're a world champion, all of a sudden they feel they don't need a trainer. But here, AJ says he does. What's your thoughts? Well, of course, and you know, let me tell you, a good trainer. Uh, is is like your soul brother. I mean, you have confidence, and this is the guy that that will help bring out your best. This is the guy that will be in your corner to see things that you may not be able to see in an opponent. And this is the guy that's going to help you play the game of chess while you're out there boxing. And this is the guy that's going to have a yeah vested interest, but your best interest at heart too. And you know, I've had great relationships with certain trainers in my life, including Richie Giacchetti, uh Don Turner. Uh, um, uh, Johnny Torres and these guys these guys were like brothers or like uh, another father to me at, the, at, at, at that time and I had confidence in them they had confidence in me and you know when you enter a ring of battle you know you, you, you almost feel that's why well, that's why fighters often say oh we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that you know I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that but you feel you're connected and you got a team that you're 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 there and they're there for you and so you almost feel like, hey, we're a wall one and the same. So we're going to do this. So we're going to do that. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. But, yeah, a, a good relationship with a trainer is so valuable yeah, I, that uh, it, it is, it's, it's everything. It yeah. means a lot. I, I'm just I, – I, my point was I just – I thought it was really cool that he gave the accolades. That he's so grounded to, at right, this level. Right, right. Um, my man Willie, who said that, he also sent another M. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., I just had to send you this link. It's an inspiration, uh, this guy, Donnie Palmer. This is the same guy that uh, was just referred to. He's fighting over in England. Uh, he's six foot ten. He's got a master's degree. He's been shot. He had a bullet that went right through his stomach and out his butt uh, by his sister's boyfriend, who previously shot his sister's boyfriend. I mean, uh, his who the same guy shot his sister, um, I'm saying. He was back in the ring after he got shot because he didn't want to lose his rankings. Uh, it, it's an amazing story. Uh, he was out six months. Um, you know, he wanted me, he, he point, he's uh, fighting uh, Joe Joyce this weekend. Um, he says, I hope he does well. 
you know, I don't know what he's talking about because he was calling out. He was also calling out uh, Joshua. He says, uh, I'm going to take care of uh, Joyce. Then I want Anthony Joshua. Um, he's six foot ten. He's 34 years old. He's nine and one. He's eight knockouts. Uh, and he's got a, 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 tie, a, rec, a draw, too. Nine, nine, one and one with eight knockouts. 33 rounds as a pro. Uh, ranked in the high 200s. I mean, this guy's fought nobody. Uh, he's not ready for Anthony Joshua. Should he get by Joe <laughs> Joyce, uh, yeah. maybe his next step up would be a guy like Triple D, Daniel Dubois. Uh, but, you know, I love how these young fighters immediately call out the big dogs after they win a couple of fights. I mean, everybody's looking for a, a fast track to a payday, and it's kind of sad. But Well, uh, of course they are. I mean, right. that's, that's the model they're copying right now. They see some fighters who... Who obviously do deserve it and have a have a pedigree, uh, and also had a stellar amateur career, or maybe you know some just great accomplishments in the ring at their young age. Um, next email is from my man Mitch. Mitch says, "Well, Billy Mitch. C, of course, Canelo is all of a sudden passing all his tests. Oscar is blowing the trumpets on it. I, I, you know, saying that uh, uh, you know he's he's clean, he's this, he's that. You know, of course, it's called." It's called damage control, boys and girls. He says, uh, here's a couple of things they missed, uh, and it was it has me wondering if it was really on the up and up. He says, number one, we found out that Canelo's trainer is actually a butcher and handles all the food prep for Camp Canelo, so he should know what kinds of meat to get and how to avoid the tainted meat, right? And I would say, right. He says, uh, when fighters go away to camp, they take a team with them, sparring partners, trainers, strength and conditioning guys, uh, coaches and whoever else uh, the sparring partners usually have their own quarters however the main residents uh, reside the fighter trainer chef strength conditioning etc all kind of reside together even if they don't all live in the same place they certainly will eat together as the chef cooks for everyone and this is true uh, he says uh, in this case Can Canelo's trainer is the butcher and probably the chef so, guess what I'm thinking, Billy C. and Sal? How come they don't just test the people who eat with Canelo during camp? Then they would really see if he was eating contaminated meat. Uh, that's a good point, my that's man, Mitch. Point, that's a I good like point. And he goes like this. He says, by the way, he says, American meat contains tren in it, T-R-E-N, which is uh, tren bologna uh, acetate. He says, it's stronger than testosterone, but how come no Americans have been popped using it? He says, I'm just saying. And I've always found it hard to believe that you would test positive for something that you ate. I mean, the levels have to be so high. I mean, he says also uh, uh, with HBO and picking up the Dillian White against Lucas Brown fight, it looks like they uh, will up the ante to get AJ. Uh, maybe HBO is back. Uh, some good points by my man Mitch, Sal. Mitch always has some good points. I'll tell you, the guy, the guy's into the game. He knows what he's talking about, and uh, I, I always appreciate what Mitch has to say. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, okay, my man Luke, I got a couple more here, man. We're trying to break down these fights. Uh, I'll give you guys a heads up right now for all the uh, radio affiliates and t TV affiliates. We're not going to take a break here at the hour, at the top of the hour. Uh, I know it's uh, costing me, but uh, hey. Hey, we got to do. We got. Sometimes you got to take a hit, Sal. Um, this one we'll from uh, Luke Thunder Breslin. He says, "Hey guys, uh, I saw this news story a few weeks ago and it caught my eye. 
uh, and it seems oh the story I'm I'm looking at the link uh, the story uh, was Jamel Charlo who who got robbed uh, recently he says it seems uh, the night of the Wilder fight Charlo proceeded to go uh, to a rather famous nightclub in New York City well it also seems at about three in the morning he proceeded to get uh, into a bit of an argument with somebody which engaged in a physical uh, which ended in a physical altercation whilst this was going on a group of people stole his bag which had over 155,000 uh, bucks in cash and a lot of jewelry in it I, I had read that it was somewhere around 300,000 uh, total jeez and he wow. says now this is terrible no one should have their uh, property stolen but it raises a, a quite a cautionary tale for me first thing I thought and felt was disappointment while Jamal has uh, has had a 10-year career and three years of it he's been a world champion he and his brother are starting to uh, really come to prominence I asked myself why did a 27 year old even have a bag with that much money in it in a nightclub at three in the morning on a Sunday uh, this is a cautionary tale as far as I'm concerned. Too often do we see young boxers that start earning this money uh, and, and way too fast. 155 cash, 155,000 cash is a lot of money for anyone to lose. And I do feel f sorry for Charlo, but we must remember this sport is littered with fighters, etc., that have blown their money and got nothing to show for it. Also brings me back to everyone's favorite boxer and role model, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, now, one thing we can't argue is Floyd has money, but the one thing that we can also say is Floyd likes to throw his money around. One of the most degrading things I ever seen him do was set fire to a $100 bill in the middle of a dance club floor, but uh, one of the saddest things I've ever seen him do, uh, and bearing in mind, this is a 40-year-old man who is the father of four, throwing dollar bills at what are essentially strippers, probably younger than, younger than the age of 20. Let, let me straighten something out about that episode it was all over the internet and everything else about floyd mayweather floyd mayweather does not burn his own money floyd mayweather is money hungry he, he named himself money he's he's taken a, a a huge risk uh by fighting in the mma arena uh but he's all doing it for the money floyd prides himself on on the money the money that you see him lighting on fire and tossing around at strippers and stuff at these nightclubs he was actually paid for that particular case that that um Luke is talking about. He was actually paid to come to the nightclub and be seen there. So some of the money that you know he was paid to do that for, he basically had them give him money so he could do that. That was part of the deal. Floyd's very money conscious, so he's not going to be burning his money. Eh, maybe he does a little. I mean, to him, what's a hundred dollar bill? I don't know. But that particular video uh, uh, that um, that uh, Luke is talking to is that. But anyway, he says uh, it's a worrying trend. Uh, after what the, the idiot was Adrian Broner flushing money down the toilet. Remember that one? <laughs> he says it's a worrying trend after watching him fight at the weekend. I'm now quite a fan of progress, but a scan of his Instagram feed. I found a video of him in a nightclub after victory throwing hundreds of dollars in the air. Whether that was self deprecating and a bit of a joke, I don't know, but it's not something that's pleasant to me. Floyd is gone. Let's stop the over the top playboy behavior. It's hard, you know, the worst thing you can do as a young person is all of a sudden have that much money because you don't realize, you know, just look at Mike Tyson and even Evander Holyfield. Both of them made, when they were active, they both made $400 million in the ring throughout their careers, and both of them ended up going bankrupt. You know, you, you hear that tale over and over and over uh, about it, you know. It's just the same thing with other athletes. You know, they're making uh, $10 million a year, and all of a sudden they're broke. You know, it's because when the light, when the money stops coming in, their lifestyle doesn't change, and they go through it pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, "I'm not saying have a good time and enjoy yourself, but please stop, stop, 
uh, putting footage out there of you throwing your money in a nightclub or buying the most expensive jewelry, then five years later telling everyone you have to keep fighting because you're broke. And the other thing is they always blame everyone else, too. He stole my money. He did this. He, he, you know, uh, hopefully some of these young fighters I've listed uh, have got good financial advisors around them. Advisors around them. I hope so, too. He says, I doesn't want to add that. I'm going on a two-week holiday with my family soon. Decided for a spot of reading, so I've made a purchase of your book. All right. Tom Molino from Bonnish Your Best Man on the Planet. He says, uh, in, on the U.K. version of Amazon, it's a very reasonable price. U.K. fans uh, can get... Uh, buying because there's only a few left on site well we could always hook them up with more so uh he says i'm hungry to learn about the greatest sport in the world so i was wondering if you and sal and any other listeners could recommend some uh, reads for me uh, if you don't want to plug the books uh on the show don't worry about it. listen there's a lot of great books to read on the sport of boxing um you know definitely the the one the one that I, you know i keep plugging it's called the the, uh, the rise and fall, the arc of boxing, the rise and fall of the sweet science. It's written by Mike Silver. It's not a captivating book, but um, it's uh, uh, it's very very informative. There's a new one out, Rocky Graziano. We're going to have the author uh, of that book coming on. Uh, James Curl writ, uh, wrote uh, a couple of great books. Uh, one um, that's uh, that's out right now. Uh, is uh, is worth the read. It's it's on uh, uh, former uh, heavyweight champ, and he was also the New Jersey uh, uh, boxing uh, commissioner, uh, Jersey Joe Walcott. As a matter of fact, for our next uh, Billy C event, we're going to have the grandson of Jersey Jersey Joe wow. uh, at the uh, at the event. So there's a lot of great books, man. I, I would pick up anyone that's based on history. Don't you think, Sal? I think it's great. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, it's a good target, a good, good way to, to really uh, bring some history back into the future. Yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter is any true book that's, uh, you know, based on the historical aspect of the game is, is worth, uh, worth its weight. So, um, Absolutely. Uh, one last email. Uh, along those lines, it looks like uh, this is my man Chase. He says, hey, Billy C., I'm going to keep this question short because I like to hear as many responses to all the other questions as possible. Would you take a prime Jack Dempsey or a prime Jack Johnson? Love the show. Great wow. question. Great question. Great question. Um, they're two different fighters. Jack Johnson, one of my all-time favorite fighters, uh, was probably one of the greatest fighters that ever lived. But the knock on Jack Johnson was the lack of excitement. He, he was actually compared to as a guy I don't particularly care for, Floyd Mayweather. Their styles were very similar. Jack Johnson fought very cautiously. You couldn't hit him. And he t had a tendency to toy with his opponents. Um, you know, unfortunately, he fought in the early 1900s, so you don't get a clear indication of how good and how fast he was with the video footage that's out there right now. You have to kind of rely on, you know, articles that were written. But the thing I really love about Jack Johnson was that he was during a, a time in, in the United States that we call it the Jim Crow America, where, you know, uh, African-Americans were just not getting treated anywhere close to equal like they should have been. And, you know, uh, he represented, hey, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just like anybody else. He didn't want to, any special treatment, but he didn't want any less than ordinary treatment either. And I respect that for a guy at that time. But as far as excitement, Jack Dempsey was an exciting fighter. 
And, um, you know, I, I think Jack Johnson was more talented in the sweet science, but Jack Dempsey uh, was an exciting fighter. He, he, he was a guy that would go and destroy people. Uh, he didn't care uh, about uh, defense or, or, or the sweet science or anything like that. So it's kind of a loaded question. All around skill, Jack, Jack Johnson. But for entertainment value and, you know, the viciousness, uh, Jack Dempsey. What, what's your thoughts on those two? Well, you know, I'll tell you because they, they were some of the some of the grandfathers of, of what uh, made the sport popular then and makes the sport still reflective of what, it, what's, what it's evolved from. And uh, Jack Johnson was uh, was a stellar icon. I mean, he. He, this guy had all the talent and all the ability to reign as a heavyweight champion, and he did it like you suggested during an era where it was definitely uh, uh, something that he made a statement. and And I, I, I think kudos and all the others to, uh, to him because this guy was was when he entered the ring, he wanted nothing more than to leave the ring as a victorious winner, and he did uh, more times than not. And uh, Jack Johnson was a stellar, stellar champion. And a good human being who conducted himself in a way that uh, that uh, he just wanted something on an even playing field, and he got it. And I gave him all the hat, my hats off and credit to him. Now Jack Dempsey, he was just a relentless. Uh, he brought the ferocity into the ring with him, and he he was uh, just as you suggested, uh, excitement uh, personified. He. He would look to do at all means anything he could do to tear the head off his opponent or to win at all costs. And uh, he didn't think about his own safety. He didn't think about his own. He didn't mind engaging. He didn't mind getting hit. And this guy just just put it all on the line every time. So they were both unique specimens of fighters, and and, and they both had had their attributes. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, we 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 maybe we should put those two into the magic boxing machine and see what happens. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, why don't you request it? Send an email to uh, the Big Cheese. You know, that would be a very good contest, and uh, it would be a great great contrast in styles. And I'll be surprised. I think it'd be a good ebb and flow. Um, got some fights this weekend. I want to uh, break down and give you my predictions on. Um, first and foremost, uh, I, I, it's only going to be actually. I'm only looking at two. Uh, I think that I'm going to be doing uh, the one on ESPN. Uh, there are some other fights uh, that, uh, let's see, do I have, am I breaking down two or three? Uh, no, looks like two. Uh, there are some other fights, but the two good ones are, are the one on ESPN tomorrow night. Now, don't get me wrong, Telemundo has Sammy, uh, Hurricane Sammy Valentin on tonight. Uh, but uh, the ones we're going to look at are the ESPN ones. First and foremost, the light heavyweight matchup uh, between uh, Medeir Omar and uh, Olaxander uh, Godsvik. And this is for an interim WBC light heavyweight belt, which cracks me up. This is the second interim belt that we're hearing about from the WBC this week. And the funny thing about it is they swore that they don't have interim belts anymore. What happened to their silver belt? Are they, are they actually trying to, to weasel more? Nobody has more belts than these four major sanctions. I've never seen – they could hold up the pants of, of 100,000 nations with all these friggin' belts they got, Sal. It's a joke. But uh, 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 Alain Godzik is ranked number six in the world at light heavyweight. He's 30 years old, six foot two. He's a uh, – uh, he's a, living now in California, but he's uh, out of the Ukraine. 
Uh, his nickname, The Nail. I like that. Um, you know, when you look at this guy's resume, his last five fights were all against good opposition, starting in 2016 against uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, he uh, stopped him in two rounds. Uh, Muhammad Ali was 37-4 and four when he stepped in the ring. He fought Tommy Carpency. Carpency is not a household name, but he was a tough fighter. Uh, knocked him out in six of his scheduled 10 rounds. Um, Isaac Chalimba. Uh, a longtime uh, staple in the division, uh, knocked him out uh, in eight of a scheduled 10-round fight. Uh, Chalimba at that time was 24-4-1. Uniski Gonzalez, that's right, the same Gonzalez that, uh, you know, got himself uh, uh, some more notoriety uh, recently. He knocked him out in the third round of a scheduled 10-round fight wow. uh, back uh, last year in April, about a year ago. And in his last fight, August of last year, he fought a once-beaten Craig Baker, who he knocked out uh, in six rounds. So his last five fights all ending in knockout. Um, the Earlier in his career, he was uh, uh, brought up the right way, but he did seem to fight... Uh, some uh, other very experienced guys, uh, like he fought Michael Jabenga uh, in his second fight, and then uh, again in like his fifth fight. Uh, Jabenga's a, a, a tough guy, went to distance with him twice, uh, fought Corey Cummings, who, who he knocked out. Corey Cummings is nothing special. Otis Griffin was a, is a warrior. He knocked him out. I mean, this guy uh, has been in with some good quality uh, opposition from the get-go. Uh, he steps in the ring with uh, Madeira Amir, uh, and uh, this, uh, he's from France, he's from France, uh, ranked 31 in the world uh, at light heavyweight. Uh, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, this guy should be fighting for any kind of a title. He's 35 years old. Um, you know, he mostly made his name, if you want to even give him that, uh, as a super middleweight. Uh, he did fight Hasim Nadam back in 2008 and lost. Um, for the most part, he didn't break into the uh, light heavyweight division uh, up until uh, uh, about uh, four years ago. And since then, he's been carefully moved. Um, you know, Coney Conrad uh, was uh, one of the top guys he fought, and he had a split decision draw with him. Uh, really, I mean, like uh, Suri uh, Demonchenko, he fought twice back-to-back and beat them both times uh, for the uh, European light heavyweight champion. He fought Robert Stiglitz, which is probably the biggest name uh, on his resume, and lost. Uh, in his last fight, he fought a 7-4 and four with a couple of draw guy and got a uh, eight-round unanimous decision. Uh, of his 34 wins, 16 are coming by knockout. He did lose five times in which he was only stopped once. Um how do I think this fight's going to go? I don't think it's even going to be close. I think uh, God uh, Godsvik is going to knock this guy out uh, quickly. Uh, when you looked at Godsvik's names on his resume, Sal, uh, he knocked out way better opposition than what he's facing tomorrow night. Um, I, I like that we're getting to see this fight, but I don't think it's going to be very competitive. What's your thoughts? No, I don't either. I think Godsvik is going to just continue on his uh uh, locomotive uh, forward drive, and I think he's going to stop Amir easy, easily before the fifth round. Before the fifth? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. Um, do you think uh, he's got any kind of a chance to stay away? Amir? No, no, we're not talking about Amir. We're talking about <laughs> no. Ahmed, the, 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 oh, the yeah. other fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I, th I think he could, you know, stay a little bit away, but, uh, you know, I think I – think, uh, 
in the end, you know, you can run, but you can't hide. And I think, uh, you know, he's going to be having to really uh, stay away and try to avoid some of those big, heavy shots. And speaking of Amir, the next fight. I don't think fi- he's going to be able to do it throughout the whole fight. Oh, neither do I. Uh, speaking of Amir, the next fight that uh, we're going to be looking at right now is, uh, and the last one I'm going to do is Amir Aman against Juan, uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez. This is the main event. I love the fact that there's some stuff around this fight. And being, you know, we have two classic, uh, both Hall of Fame uh, boxing promoters in Don King and Bob Arum that are, are behind these guys. Uh, Amir Aman actually uh, has some roots uh, close to where I broadcast live from here in Lake George, uh, out of Albany, New York. Dax Khan actually uh, is very uh, well-versed and experienced with Amir Aman. Uh, they worked together in the gym uh, early in uh, Amir's career when he was an amateur. Um, he's got some uh, decent wins. He's ranked at number th- 63 in the world, um, you know, uh, uh, in the welterweight division. Now, this fight happens to be in the junior welterweight division, uh, and the WBC already has him ranked at number uh, one in the WBC. But the computer, because his last fight was at welterweight, has him at number 63. When you look at... Um, he, he, uh, let me let me rephrase it. He was on a fast track, and he was exciting to watch. I mean, this is a guy who beat uh, Yodinus Ugas, um, you know, uh, some experienced fighter like Sergio Perez, the Santos Benavides fight um, was a was a great fight uh, that uh, ended in a in a classic uh, uh, and exciting knockout, which put him on the map. Uh, he followed that up with wins over Fidel Maldonado Jr., Walter, uh, Walter Castillo, and Fernando Angulo, all big wins, and uh, really started uh, his way up. Uh, and you know was knocking people out. It was getting beat, and then would come back and knock him out. Exciting, exciting fighter. And then on eleven on the uh, November twenty uh, eighth in two thousand fifteen, he stepped in the ring with Adrian Granados. This was supposed to be that fight that was going to catapult him to a world title fight, and he got stopped. This was a great. This was another fight. As a matter of fact, we were doing. I think we were doing your fight that night. Is is that the same day of uh, of your uh, comeback fight, Sal? Was it November? It may very well been. It was no. I, my comeback fight was April thirteenth, two thousand thirteen. Okay, no, Friday, no, 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 Saturday night. no. It wasn't that one. Uh, the uh, uh, April thirteenth. Um, yes, was that was the fight that we all saw. The Benavides fight, the Santos Benavides. Uh, yeah. Myself and and Eric Botcher and and John were all uh, watching that after your fight. It was a great fight. But anyway, he followed it up uh, in two thousand fifteen. His his gateway to a world title shot against Adrian Granados. It was a back-and-forth fight. Uh, Amir Aman apparently ran out of gas and was stopped in the eighth round. Now, since then, he's fought three times, uh, once in uh, 2016 and twice last year, all against very, very, very easy opposition. Uh, He knocked out uh, Wilfredo Acuna, who was 16-19 and in three of a scheduled six. In 2017, he fought Jose Vidal Soto, uh, stopped him in three, uh, and uh, Soto's record was 26-23-2. And, and in his last fight in November of last year, Johnny Garcia, 19-5-1, stopped him in four, um, getting him in a position for yet another opportunity uh, for a world title. This is for the vacant WBC junior welterweight title. Now, he steps in with Jose Carlos Ramirez, who's uh, ranked at junior 
uh, uh, well to wait. Number 23 in the world by the computer. The WBC has him ranked at number three. So they actually have Amir Aman ranked ahead of him, even though Amir Aman's last fight was at well to wait. Um, when you look at one, uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez's opponents, uh, and, and by the way, he's 25. So they're very similar in, in age and height. They're both around the same size, five foot ten. Their arm reach is similar. Uh, Amir Aman actually has a two-inch reach advantage, uh, but he's more of a banger than a puncher. Um, Ramirez's record, 21-0, and 0, uh, 16 by knockout, 73 rounds as a pro. Amir Aman uh, has got him uh, beat by a little bit, 81 rounds. But when you look at Jose Carlos Ramirez, his last eight opponents were all really good opponents. Robert Frankel, uh, Yoshida, Johnny Garcia, the same Johnny Garcia, Emmanuel Perez, uh, Tom, uh, Tomas Mendez, Isuf uh, Kinder, which was a good fight, uh, Jake uh, Curiasco. And his real uh, his last fight was uh, supposed to be a, a real big test. He fought uh, Mike Yes Indeed Reed, who was undefeated at 23-0 and 0, uh, in wow. November of last year and knocked the guy out in two rounds. Uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez is, is one of those Hispanic-type fighters that come at you and they want to exchange. Um, that's exactly what Amir Aman likes, too. Uh, somebody's not... This fight's not going to go the fight. distance. It's not going to go the distance. Uh, it all depends on... Um, if uh, Ramirez can handle Amir Aman's power, he does have freakish power, and it's in, it's uh, indicative when you look at his KO no, uh, knockout uh, uh, percentage, eighty two percent of his twenty one fights, and uh, Ramirez's twenty one fights, uh, he's got a seventy six percent. But uh, but what does it all mean? Well, I tell you, I, I love Amir Aman, um, but there's a reason why I'm going to pick Jose Carlos Ramirez. It's not because I like him better than Amir Oman. I think Amir Oman actually has the more powerful punch and could very well stop Ramirez. I think that the equalizer in this fight, and the reason why I'm going with Ramirez, but I think it's, I think it's a truly 50-50 fight. The reason why I'm going with uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez is because the advantage that Ramirez has on his side is Amir Oman's trainer. Amir Aman's trainer is Stacy McKinley. Stacy McKinley is a, this is a guy that doesn't even train his fighters. This is a guy that's a curse. Anybody, go and look in the, the, the classic fights that Stacy McKinley was the trainer for. Big name fights, big opportunity fights, and all the time his guys get knocked out. And the reason, or they lose. And the reason is Stacy McKinley is just not a good trainer. This is what Don King has left to work with. It's a shame. Amir Aman, you know, like I said, he's got some uh, uh, local connections with, with us here. Um, but, uh, but I, 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 listen, I'm going with who I think is going to win. I think uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez has the better team around him. He's got the better promoter around him. And uh, quite honestly, he's got more in his arsenal than Amir Aman. Amir Aman has a power punch and is still dangerous. I still think it's a 50-50 fight. Sal, Rocky, Santa Cola, how do you see this fight going? I see this fight going just as you're, you're laying out the foundation here. Uh, Amir Aman will have some uh, good power that he can probably extend and, and uh, deliver to uh, Ramirez. But I think Ramirez does have a little bit more arsenal in his bag of tricks there. And he's got uh, he's got uh, a decent pop. And, and I think that uh, he's fought a better opposition. So I think he has had a little more experience uh, against better opposition. And I think he's going to rise to the occasion. I think it's going to be a good fight. But I think uh, I think it's gonna go 
to the later rounds, but I, I see Ramirez winning as well. Well, I think uh, either way, it's a 50-50 fight, and yeah. uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good one. So uh, Yes, it is. In any event. Uh, uh, hey, listen, uh, we uh, we have uh, next week, uh, we're going to be doing our blast from the past, uh, is going to be on uh, Don King this time. Um, All right. So, uh, the Don we'll, of Boxing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last week we did, uh, this past week we did it on uh, Bob Arum. So it's pretty cool that uh uh it's pretty cool that uh um you know uh, people are requesting that um you know i, I just want to comment on on a on a couple of uh comments that are going on in in the uh, youtube chat room and by the way we we like the super chat so anybody that wants a a real uh shout out or whatever uh go into super chat and and and, and hook us up but uh but but you know it it had to do with taxes and a lot of people are are chiming in on it. Um, taxes for fighters are no different than us paying taxes. Uh, a fighter's income is the purse. And, uh, you know, some of the people are commenting that they feel that fighters shouldn't have to pay uh, income tax, which I don't agree with. I, I think what has to happen is fighters have to understand that they will owe uh, income tax on their purses and the smartest way to approach it so that they don't get hit with big bills at the end uh, is to have their promoter responsible for withholding the taxes and then this way they don't have to worry about it because the way that it's supposed to work is a promoter is obligated to send the fighter a 1099 at the end of the year which a fighter is supposed to give to uh, their accountant or use for their tax purposes which determine how much money they will owe in income tax the problem i see with fighters and and taxes is they don't really know how to to handle it you know if they were smart and i'm not an accountant but i am a businessman the truth of the matter is is all the expenses that they have for that fight uh, you know, the, the food they may be eating, the transportation they're taking, their gym costs, uh, their trainer costs, et cetera, et cetera, all are write-offs against that income. They use those things to perform and fight. A lot of these fighters don't even apply those expenses to their fight. And if you're not going to apply it, Uncle Sam is not going to give you the discount and he's going to charge you. The longer they wait, the more interest and penalties accrue, et cetera, et cetera, and they end up having trouble. The, the most horrific story of uh, fighters own, owing money to, to taxes was Joe Lewis. And the worst part about that was Joe Lewis actually fought for free uh, for the uh, war effort, donated his whole purse to the effort, but yet Uncle Sam doesn't look at that as him just giving the money away. It's still his income that he chose to give away. And they hounded that man till the day he died for, uh, for the tax money. And they kept accruing uh, uh, more and more uh, penalties and interest, et cetera, et cetera. It was a horrific thing. But my advice to fighters, Sal, uh, and you're a businessman, you know, everybody's got to pay taxes. Fighters are no different. You know, that's why it's important if you want to be a pro fighter, try and do it all the way, which I mean by that is, you know, try to uh, become a fighter and be active enough where you can actually make a living at it in all aspects rather than go work for, you know, uh, some place and then do boxing on the side. Uh, That's my recommendation. Well, what's your thoughts on fighters uh, paying or not paying taxes? No, well, they have to pay taxes. I mean, it's 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 income. Let me tell you, you, 
let me break it down. And, and I'm not an accountant, and I, I may be off on my numbers, but I'm going to try and make it simple so I can understand. How's that? $100 or $100,000 or a million dollars. It represents – there's just more zero. So let's look at $100,000. Typically, you fight for a $100,000 purse. 10% of that $100,000 or $10,000 is going to go right off the top to the trainer, okay? 33 and a third of that $100,000 is going to go to the manager. Then you have training expenses. You go away to the Poconos or the Catskills for three, four weeks, five weeks before a fight. You have a chef as you do. You have sparring partners. You have housing. You have other things that are going to be added into the biscuit there. And so you're going to have thousands of dollars to write off or deduct and to pay for out of the purse for that expense. Then you're going to have uh, other things that are going to come up. And by the way, Uncle Sam, uh, when you make $100,000, is going to say, hey, you know, 40% of that or 35 or whatever tax bracket you're in, it, it, we're going to carve out of that too. So all in all, the fighters are left with not $100,000 a lot less than $100,000. And what Billy was suggesting was, well, why doesn't the boxing commissioner or somebody keep that $1,000? I mean, uh, take the taxes out of that that they can mail to the government. This way, you don't have to worry about, well, I spent that money. Uh, how does the government say I owe them $33,000? I, I, I don't know how I do that. Where am I going to get it from? So it's a vicious cycle. And being uh, a fighter and getting a 1099 from the organization that paid you $100,000, you know, it might be in a fighter's best interest if they pay the government out of that purse before you take home the purse and distribute it the way it should be, uh, allocate some money for tax. No, no doubt. Know. Hey, Sal, I don't mean to, to cut you off, but, you know, Alex no. is live here uh, getting himself all, right. all getting himself all uh, prettied up and stuff. But you know what? One other thing I want to add to that, uh, Sal, you make a great point. You know, all those expenses, the cuts that they're giving to the management and trainers and stuff like that, you know, that's all considered an expense. Now, if the, if the purse is $100,000, they're being taxed on $100,000. But that 33%, let's say, that they're going to pass along to someone else uh, or that, that they're going to pay, now they have to write that off as they paid that trainer 30% or whatever it is. So they get to write that off, and it comes off that 1000 Now the trainer has to pay. See, what, what I think happens a lot with these fighters is they don't use those write-offs, and then they end up with the tax burden on their own. and that the tra So you got the, the other hands in the pocket – the the trainer the the manager the the you know the 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 nutritionist etc they're getting their checks but they're not paying taxes on that because the fighter didn't make the right uh, deductions and claims you know so it's it kind of screws the fighter twice it does i think maybe a boxing commissioner of the state should maybe take those taxes out of there before they and they give the the the, the fighter the money that he's got to allocate well, the, the, accordingly actually the promoter oh, by definition funny. is responsible Yes. Um, the promoter is supposed to either deduct a tax or give them a 1099 uh, at the yes. uh, end of the year. And sometimes, like, an opponent will come in and fight one time for a promoter, and it kind of gets, you know, shuffled under the uh, under the rug. But uh, anyway, uh, Alex Papali is with us today right Alex, now. Alex, good morning. And, uh, I wanted good morning, to get, morning, gentlemen. How are you? I wanted to get Alex's uh, opinion on uh, a couple of things. Uh, number one, um, Mikey Garcia's performance uh, – 
last week, and I know we, we never really got a chance to talk about it. What did you What did you think? Uh, I think he looks great. I mean, he continues to dominate. He's uh, you know one of the best fighters in the world. Um, I you know don't really what else to say. I mean, I look forward to uh, seeing him. You know, maybe fight the winner of um, Linares versus Lomachenko, perhaps. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, he's, you know, he's a guy that's really fun to watch. He's somebody who uh, you, um, he's must-see TV, as they say. But, uh, you know, I think like a lot of these guys who are really talented, they get to a point where, uh, you know, they need a good dance partner. And right now, I think that he's in the point where he's sort of shopping for that. But, um, you know, as long as he stays active, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing more of him. Yeah, no, no doubt uh, about that. I, I, I like that he challenges himself, uh, and uh, that's important to me. Um, this whole uh, Triple G uh, fighting Canelo and Canelo with the uh, steroids, uh, you know, I purposely, uh, uh, I purposely don't, want to know a lot about all these different uh you know uh um steroids because it has to be a pro you're up on it more than me but i think that this whole uh, storyline of the tainted beef and everything because somebody got away with it is complete nonsense it's clearly a, a money fight for for both uh of the fighters uh triple g and uh, Canelo Alvarez. It's a fight that we as fans want to see, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I understand all the money that can be made, and even Larry Hazard said, "Hey, Billy C, you know the reason why they're going to let this happen is because of all the money that's going to be able to be made." Which you know we all agree isn't the right way, but you know it's 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 the way it is. My personal opinion is that Triple G should say, "Forget about you, Canelo, and go fight Billy Joe Saunders. He can make a lot of money over uh, across the pond, and and just uh, send a message." to all the other fighters and more importantly the sport of boxing needs to set an example and i feel that there's nothing better than setting an example with a big name like canelo alvarez i mean the guy was caught cheating you know now it's the same thing that happened with antonio margarito you know we 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 assume that he was loading his gloves with every other fight after he uh, got caught with Sugar Shane. And now it's easy to assume uh, that Canelo's been cheating for a while. What's your thoughts on this whole situation, and what do you think should be done? Wow, that's, uh, you know, that's a tough package to um, uh, sort of unpack because I, I you know, in, in, in broad strokes, I agree with you. Uh, but that means we don't get to see the rematch. Um yeah, Boxing, but the safety uh, of the fighter should supersede that. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But I think that that's what we are sort of in this uh, difficult catch-22 with the PEDs. If this is if um, Canelo is cheating, which I strongly believe he is, I don't believe for a second that a top athlete would make an indiscretion like that. Um, Every everything you're if you're a top athlete, you're aware of everything you put in your body. Um, at least you should be, and you know what they're going to be testing for. So if it was tainted meat that he accidentally ate, I, I just don't buy that because you wouldn't expose yourself to that. These guys have to watch what cold medicine they take, so they they are aware of the potential 
for uh, contamination by by that channel. So he's never going to eat tainted meat or put himself at risk. He's probably got a paid chef. And like uh, Sal was saying earlier, or one of the uh, emailers was saying, why don't they test some of the other guys right. in his camp who are eating from the same chef? Well, right. they don't want to do that because they'd be they'd come out clean and it would be exposed that uh, Canelo is using clenbuterol. Um, that's my pe- feeling. Um, that said, I think that the thing that's that I love about boxing is that boxing is the sport that's most like life, uh, and at least life here in the United States, it's corrupt. Um, but I think the fight will go on. I think um, Golovkin is the kind of athlete who I think this kind of exposed, like you said, it's very likely he's been doing this for a while. He might have been doing it um, for the last fight. Golovkin doesn't care. Golovkin wants to get him in the ring again. Um, and I don't blame him. Uh, I want to see the fight again. Um, but you're right. I think the, the correct thing to do would be to cancel the fight. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, that would be in terms of money is what uh, rules the day. And it would be there's way too much money at stake for them to cancel the fight. Um, and there's also sort of unfinished business in that, you know, we got the draw the last time. Um, I think Golovkin is hoping to get in there and just um, make this thing uh, an all or nothing type thing. He doesn't want this to go to the judges. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think the fight will go on. I do believe that Canelo uh, uses performance enhancing drugs. I can't prove that. And it, it seems that none of us can. Um, but the evidence sure leans that way because I don't believe the tainted meat thing for a second. Um, and I do think that um, I do think that the fight will go on. And I guess I, I, I'm kind of glad about that. But it does put us in a weird spot because it's like, so we're all hypocrites then. We want the sport to be clean, but here's a chance to um, to make a, an impact, you know, with by by drawing a firm, you know, red line, but. I, I don't think you really can because, uh, I mean, think about it if it was the other way around. I'd be curious what Canelo and Golden Boy would do if um, Golovkin had tested positive for something. Would they walk away? Yeah. I don't know. I think they would, and I'll tell you and, why. I'll tell you why I think they would. Because they are selling the, the boxing fan that Canelo is the face of boxing. Canelo, since the retirement of Floyd Mayweather, Canelo now has replaced Floyd Mayweather as the number one guy. He's the big draw. He's the pay-per-view guy, blah, blah, blah. That's what they try. I'm not suggesting that he's as big as Floyd in terms of drawing power, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what they're trying to sell us. So if Triple G tested positive, I strongly believe that they would have ran with that. Oh, he's a cheater. He's this. We're not fighting him. And they wouldn't have lost anything of on that. And then that they fight. They would have just taken their ball. That's and it. They would, have, they would have said, see, he has to cheat to fight us and all of this stuff. The same things that Triple G can, can do. The, the part that puzzles me is that Triple G is always, oh, he can't draw. Oh, he can't do this. This is what everyone says. But the truth of the matter is, is he does draw. And the truth of the matter is, he fills stadiums, both, uh, you know, in the arenas and on, you know, cable network views and, and pay-per-views, etc. He does. You know, and, and it's time for him to say, hey, 
you know, I've made all of the concessions to Canelo in the first fight and even for the second fight. And the truth of the matter is, is I don't need him at this point. He could catapult and he could use this platform as the exact reason why he can bargain and position himself to make just as much money in England to fight Billy Joe Saunders and, and then at the same time help the sport of boxing. There's nothing more decisive than when you have a big name in a sport, whether it be boxing, football, baseball, whatever, that gets busted and that the league or powers that be come down on that person just the same as they would uh, you or I. And it's the same thing. Why should people get super pet? You know, it bothers the hell out of me, you know, when you see somebody that gets a ticket, let's say, because they didn't pay for a lawyer and the guy that's driving right next to them because they're driving together, he pays for a lawyer and he gets off the ticket. Well, it became the money issue, right? He paid for the lawyer, you didn't, you get the ticket. That's not right. And I just think that, you know, we're all crying about, oh, boxing needs to be safe. It needs to be this. Oh, the doctor. Oh, let's blame the commission. Oh, let's blame the... Everybody wants to point the finger. Like Sal and I were talking the other day. The team is, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We trained hard. We did this. The fighter loses. He didn't do that. He didn't do this. Everybody, nobody's accountable for, for what their own actions are. And I think that this would have been a perfect opportunity and... Nobody could cry foul because Canelo was busted. And and I'm sorry, but I don't believe that unless you're eating so much of the meat, I, I just find it so hard that the test comes up. I think that Eric Morales used it as an excuse, and they figure we'll use it too. Um, Mitch made a great point in that email you referred to. Uh, American beef has something else in it. How come American fighters aren't testing positive for that? I, it, listen, it's a scam, and the fact that people are willing to let it go just because it's Canelo and just because, like even you just said, Alex, because we all want to see the rematch, that doesn't make it right, brother. No, I, you're absolutely right. Um, and I think that that's, that's where you know we have the problem here is that uh, doing the right thing is not the thing that is not the popular thing. Uh, the popular thing here would be to let the fight go on. Um, but I think, and I think this is a good question for Sal because, you know, his own experience, I'm sure he saw things like this. Um, and this is the part we don't, maybe we don't want to know. Um, and you brought up Eric Morales, another guy who was notorious of having difficulty making weight. Clem Buterol is uh, a fat burner and a Bronco dilator. They're not taking it by accident in their carne asada. Uh, they're taking it for a reason. Um, it's And that's the thing that I don't think we, as devotees of this sport, I don't think we really want to know um, how many guys are cheating. Um, taking that little edge. And I, I mean, I, I would wonder, uh, you know, what, what was your experience, Sal, when you were fighting? Did you, you I'm sure you must have, without naming any names if you don't want to, but um, you must have had this experience where there's guys where everybody like, oh yeah, we know what he's doing. It had to be. It's like a well-known secret. Well, it, it's under the table kind of stuff. And you, you, you have, uh, you have certain players out there that uh, you do hear and you do, uh, um, I guess, uh, uh, suspect. And, uh, you know, there, there are some things that, that, that I do know for a fact and, and that, uh, you know, I, I will keep uh, my mouth shut about. But, uh, but there were things that, uh, you know, did come across my table, too. And I, 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 I just turned it away and said, no, that's not me. Uh, I did everything. Like I said, I'll plug the book every day. 
Eat to Win by Dr. Robert Haas. He gave me anything I and everything. Chuck Ching, there's another there's another <laughs> Let me tell you. That was my training manual. The, 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 the chapters he had, Eat to Win, that was uh, changing the whole face of the, you know, get away from the raw steak before the fight or the meats and all that. And you got to load up on carb complex carbohydrates. And the ratio, if I can remember, was a 70% diet of complex carbohydrates, 20% protein, and 10% fat. And I cooked all my meals. I did everything down to the outlay. And he has a whole chapter on ergogenic aids that were you could get in a drugstore, uh, certain amino acids, certain things that help. He also had a chapter on, you know, utilizing caffeine. And, and I told you this in the past on this show. You know what? You have glycogen in your liver. That will give you the first 20 minutes of that explosive speed or power. And then after that, it depletes, and you have to access fat cells or fat to give you the energy and go on. Well, what caffeine would do before a fight, it would it would make a turbocharge where you would have a longer sustained level of energy by mixing the fat and the glycogen together to give you elongated uh, endurance. And that was, you know, those are things I believed in. And I was uh, very happy with that. But I do know that there was uh, still drugs and there was many unsuspecting fighters. I do know trainers that would give their shots of B12. I said this last week. And, and uh, the unsuspecting fighter would receive a shot of B12 in the butt uh, from a trainer. And guess what? Not all the time was that B12, B12. It was Decaderoblin and it was this and that. And, and uh, you know, but, but these were bigger guys that could not, that, that didn't have to carve themselves down to be a lightweight. So it would, it would be something that they could, they could utilize. And, but sometimes the fighter was unsuspecting or not noticing. They thought it was just a, a, a B12 shot. When the truth of the matter is, it was an anabolic steroid. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I, yeah, but, you know, at least the powers that be weren't onto it as much as they are now. No. So, so, so now what's happening is you have people that are actually hired to help beat the system. You know, Absolutely. so that they don't, That's you know, right. so, 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 I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, they hire a guy, they hire the guy to make sure that you can beat the system and still cheat. So, so, you know, the, the only way to... You're never going to clean it. You're always going to find somebody that's going to find a way to cheat. And especially with performance-enhancing drugs, the way they are now, what, you know, we call them designer, because somebody can whip up a formula that's not on the ban list. So and all of a sudden, well, but that's not on the ban list, so that means it's legal. You know, so, I, I mean, as a matter of fact, that's what happened to Lucas Brown. He ended up testing positive for a, a substance that was added to the ban list, and he had already been taking it, you know. So um, the truth of the matter is, is if you really want it to be clean, it could be policed. It's almost like they really don't. They want to say that they want it clean, but they let they let it go. And, you know, uh, the truth of the matter is, is at this stage of the game, screw it. Let them all take whatever the hell they want. If that's what they want, you know, if a guy, you know, uh, you look at you look at some of these guys and the pride factor. See, that's what bothers me about boxing. The pride factor used to be, you know, existed. And I would think that a, a person that in any in any you know facet of life, if if you're proud of what you do, and you can look in the mirror and say you gave it your all, and you didn't even get a participation trophy, and you know the 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 thing is is you know I, I did it the, the right way, et cetera, et cetera. That's rewarding for yourself. I don't understand how a fighter who could win a fight, who knows he cheated, knows he cheated. 
and wins the fight, how that fighter can look in the mirror and not be pissed off at himself, even if his bank account is, you know, on vacation. You know, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, pride has to come into it at some point. Yes, I think so. But I, I think what happens is these guys, I mean, think about it in, in a business sense. If you're somebody who works hard in business and you do everything by the book, but there's like one or two things that you do outside of the box that you know everybody does. They're little shortcuts you take. Do you do you think of your success in business as less than, or are you able to sort of lie to yourself and gloss over the fact that, yeah, I did a few things that were a little outside the box. I think these guys, and, and you know, as we've talked about many times, you, you talk about it all the time, Billy C, these guys have yes men around them. So it's very easy to be convinced that everything you do is on the up and up, even if it's not. So I do think that, um, you know, th I think that's a factor. Uh, but I think, I mean, I can remember just when I was uh, starting out, uh, me and my brother was first learning boxing at the New Haven Boys Club. I remember um, talking to the trainer there and he was saying that, one of the things we would do, because my nose used to bleed a lot when I would spar, so one of the things that they said we would do is, right before, uh, like the about an hour before, we'd use a little uh, Afrin nasal spray to constrict the uh, blood vessels. Well, that's kind of cheating. I, I don't time. think you can do Every that day. anymore. I think now there might be stuff in African Afrin that they test for. But, um, you know, would that be cheating? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it makes my nose less likely to bleed. But, you know, here was a trainer recommending it to a kid. So I, I don't know. I think that uh, it's unfortunate and um, it's not something people uh, probably like to think about that some of their their heroes uh, take these uh, shortcuts. Well, why why use the word shortcuts? They're cheating. Um, but I, I think, unfortunately, I think a lot of people do. And uh you know, it's it's tough because, you know, and I think that this is one of the reasons why I like boxing is we don't have an organization like the NBA or the NFL or the Major League Baseball saying everybody in our sport is a role model. And if they are conduct is unbecoming, we're going to boot them out or something. You know, boxing is granted it's it's a sewer a lot of times, but people are allowed to be people. And when they are, uh, you know, you get what you get with people. Some people cheat. So I, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the right thing to do um, is to cancel the fight. But I, I don't see that happening. No, it's not going to happen. And they're not even asking for it to happen. The team yeah, Triple I think, G. I think the person who's probably the most okay with it is Golovkin. Yeah. He doesn't care. He just yeah, wants, he guy just wants to do his job. Yeah, but, but like I said, yeah, but like I said yesterday, guys, you know, the, the the thing that bothers me is now all of a sudden there's an excuse. Hey, I didn't win tonight. That's because Canelo was cheating. He was on PEDs, you know, I, and I didn't want to hear that. I, you know, but uh, anyway, I just That's think. a tough one, though, because I can't help but think, I don't know. I mean, I was at two fights, and I've said this before. I was at two fights where later the guy who won the fight was acute was was caught uh with performance enhancing drugs one was the tony james tony win over john ruiz the other was the shane mosley rematch over oscar de la hoya 
Um, the Mosley rematch was very close. A lot of people thought uh, De La Hoya deserved that win. He was later found to be in Balco's uh, company and on something during that fight. The other one was uh, when James Tony beat Ruiz, he beat him soundly. And, um, you know, was it the drugs that did it or did the drugs make him just look a little less chubby? Uh, so I don't know. I mean, can you point to the drugs as changing their performance? I think that's the harder point. It's not like baseball, um, where there's seems to be more of a correlation, where in the course of one season, you see a guy who suddenly, who used to have a neck, now has no neck, and he's hitting every ball as a home run. Boxing, it, it doesn't seem quite the same like that. I mean, other than like an Evander Holyfield, who goes from a cruiserweight to a cut, chiseled heavyweight, where you say... Look, it looks like something happened. Um, I don't think you can point to, yes, this is a result of drugs. Well, I tell you what, uh, just look at Barry Bonds. If you look at uh, early shots of Barry Bonds, a skinny little kid, and then all of a sudden he looks like the crusher from Bugs Bunny, you know. But uh, (laughs) uh, anyway, Um, Alex, I appreciate you coming on, my man. Uh, The bottom line for this issue is I don't care who it is. If you want to make a statement in the sport about uh, performance-enhancing drug use, uh, Canelo should be that guy that they set an example of. But uh, uh, unfortunately, you're right. And so was Larry, and so is Sal, and so is everyone that's saying it. It's about the money. It's about the money that all the people involved, and that includes Triple G and his team, uh, Canelo, the, the commissions, the promoters, the, the people selling hot dogs and T-shirts, uh, everybody involved, all the hotels in Vegas, uh, would lose a lot of money if the fight gets canceled. And it's just sad that... You know, we who cry for cleanness in our sport are so willing to, to sweep this under the rug in the name of money. And that's what it boils down to. I don't care how you, how you slice it. That, that's what it boils down to. So uh, in any event. Hey, uh, Alex, thanks for uh, taking uh, uh, the time to come on uh, as quickly as you did. We appreciate it. Hey, bro. my pleasure. My All pleasure, right, man. Guys. Take it easy. Take care, Alex. You know, that's the truth, though, Sal. Um, you know, uh, money's money's driving this bus. You know, it's uh, it's a shame. You know, when when you well, think it al- about it, it always has been the root. It has has done done a lot. And uh, you know, I, hey, maybe they should come out with a, a, a non drug league and a drug belt. Uh, you know, let let the ones that that are gonna fail the test or whatever compete in their own little uh, segment of boxing, and then let the ones that are clean uh, have their own own version of boxing. You'd see the fans' interest, I bet, in the, uh, in the in the clean clean belts. No doubt. Hey, on this day, March 16th, in boxing history in 1980, Alan Minter wins a 15-round decision over Vito Antifermo uh, to win the world middleweight title. It took place in uh, Las Vegas. Remember, Alan Minter was the guy that Marvelous Marvin Hagler beat to win the title. That's on this day. Right. On this day in 1996, Keith Holmes knocks out Quincy Taylor in the ninth round uh, to win the WBC World Middleweight title. That took place in Vegas. On this day in 1960, one of the greatest fighters of all time, Flash Alordi, knocks out Harold Gomes in the seventh round to win the junior lightweight title. That took place in the Philippines. On this day in 1996, Michael Carbajal wins a 12-round decision over Melichor Cobb Castro to regain the vacant IBF uh, World Junior Flyweight title, and that took place in Vegas. And on this day, March 16th in 1996, Mike Tyson knocks out Frank Bruno in the third round to regain 
the WBC World Heavyweight title, and that took place in Las Vegas. Of course, this was after he served his time on this day, uh, March 16th in 1996. Hey, boys and girls, we got a couple of fights this weekend. Enjoy them. Sal and I will be back on Monday to talk about them. Uh, listen, it's St. Paddy's Day tomorrow. We were oh, having some wow. fun with all you Irish guys looking for another uh, reason to drink. And, hey, thank God St. Paddy's Day falls on a on a Saturday because the Irish can start drinking tonight, right? Well, you know what? I'm going to uh, wear uh, uh, some green and maybe I'll go have a few scotches. But uh, all kidding aside, have a great time on St. Paddy's Day. But be safe, please. If you've had too much to drink, have somebody else drive. Call a cab. Do something. And uh, try and drink regular beer. Stay away from that green beer. And if Sal's going to be making some green pizza down at uh, Sal's in uh, St. Simon's, try it. It's only a little dye. Hey, it's a little dye. And he promises that he does not have any Clarembutal in his pizza. So you don't have to worry about getting any performance-enhancing drugs from eating pizza or any other Italian dish offered at Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant in St. Simon's. That's it. But uh, anyway, all kidding aside, guys, make sure you tune in Monday morning, same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I leave you with this. Ciao, baby.